Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's faithfully at work. Yes, even in our mess. Well, I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this Conversation Style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. Today, I get to have a friend and co-host joining me, the lovely Amy Groeschel. Y'all, we're partnered with our church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry. But more than that, we are all about the Capital C Church, the global body of Christ, because anyone, no matter where you live, what you look like, what you faced, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a big world out there, friends, but we are on the same team. Speaking of this big world, you should know we're also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word in our pockets for free, available in thousands of languages wherever we go. If you don't already have that, please stop this recording right this second and get it downloaded onto your phone. While you're at it, and if you'd like, you can subscribe to the Messy Table podcast also for free in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or you can simply join my email list at jenjewel.com and be the very first to know when a new episode goes live. Guys, I have to tell you, our only agenda is to provide an honest space where we can all take a deep, intentional breath of truth and encouragement. So whether you're currently filing paperwork or on the treadmill or running errands or riding the subway or scrubbing dishes, we are truly honored you're here. And we're also pumped for you to hear from our guests for episode number 53. Holly Wagner is full of energy and down to earth, a fireball who hails from Los Angeles, California. She and her husband lead Oasis Church right in the heart of LA. She's the mastermind behind the ministry, She Rises, the author of several books, including her latest, Find Your Brave, a grandmother, a cancer survivor, a spunky Bible teacher. Guys, you will relate with her honesty and be inspired by her passion. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Holly. Hey, Holly, welcome to The Messy Table. Well, I love messy tables, so thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes, hi, Holly, it's Amy, and you are such a joy. I'm so thankful for you and Philip and your ministry, Oasis Church. And I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you because you are one dynamic fireball full of, I think, just enthusiasm and life-giving words. So it's exciting. Everything that God has done and is doing through your life um, for all of our listeners to know the Holly Wagner. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. (laughs) Woo-woo! Fireball, is that kind of like troublemaker? Because that's equally true, (laughs) just so we're clear. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Uh, Well, I'm honored to be here. I just I'm grateful for you. And I feel like it's been a thousand years since I've seen your face and there's something wrong about that. Yes. I don't know if it's because Instagram, you always feel like you, know, you see people, but reality is you don't. Yes. But um, anyway, I want you to know, I've, mm-hmm. I've been praying for your daughter. I want you to know. Faithful. Oh, thank you. For that. And um, so I just think that's one of the benefits of social media, I guess, is we can pray for each other, but I still haven't kissed your face in a while. So what's <laughs> up with that? I know. Well, kiss, kiss. And I want everybody to know all about you. So just give a quick version of Holly Wagner. Just introduce yourself and let our listeners know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, my father worked in the international division of an oil company. So I grew up all over the world. I was born in uh, Texas, Texan at heart, um, but lived in Venezuela and Indonesia and England. Wow. um, Kind of all over for most of my life. And uh, then ultimately ended up in California where I I was at Duke University studying theology, but headed to medical school and then somehow ended up cast in a television show that took me to Los Angeles. So while I was in L.A. acting is when I met Philip, uh, who was already in ministry, working as a 
musician and um, youth pastor and had been assistant pastor. And so when I met him, uh, he already knew he had this call for ministry. And I had a uh, love for God and a desire to help people. And so it was kind of an interesting combo, though. The first years of us starting the church, uh, it was my residual checks that <laughs> helped fund our life, <laughs> my acting checks. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that was kind of the beginning. I want to know what television show it was. Yeah. OK, here we go. <laughs> Come on. Um, well, the, the first one that I did when I moved to L.A. was uh, one called Celebrity Pet. So this is way back before a lot of people that are listening probably born. Nice. In the early 80s. And uh, we interviewed celebrities about their animals. It was absolute nonsense. Chaos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, then I did a, a couple of uh, kind of nighttime soap opera stuff. This is in the era of Dallas and Dynasty. And the one I did was called The Hamptons. And Ooh, so I had that series for a while. Girl. And um, wow. How old were you? I was 22. Awesome. So 22 doing that. And then here's the one that gets me most credibility with the guys. Baywatch. <laughs> no. Are you ready? The Dukes of Hazard. Oh. So <laughs> yeah. One of the guys was blonde and one was brown-haired. I was the brown-haired girlfriend. Ah. So I had to wear those ridiculous shorts. I had to talk just like this, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I want to know, with the celebrity pets, mm -hmm. was there anything outlandish that you remember? Like, what in the world? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so we went to interview... Um, uh, I think it was Keith Carradine. This is one of the, well, he's been in quite a few things, but he was, uh, you know, grasshopper in the karate thing. Anyway, so we're interviewing him and he had horses. And so I'm standing talking to him and behind us is these corrals of all these horses. Well, all of a sudden the camera crew started cracking up. I mean, we're shooting and they start cracking up. And so then I realized what, so I'd stop the interview. Go, what are you doing? And then I turn around and look. And the reason they're laughing is because a stallion had jumped the fence and was, you know, doing it with a mare, like right behind me. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so maybe we need to start over. <laughs> cut. But yeah, cut, cut, cut. We'll start over. But anyway, so that was, uh, you know, uh, did that for about 10 years, I guess, you know, made, made a living and did that for a while and enjoyed it and met some great people. And then as our church started to grow, I really began to focus more on building the church and, you know, working with Philip. So actually, we're just getting ready to celebrate 35 years of Oasis Church. Hmm. Um, so it's just been. Congrats. Yeah, no kidding. It's huge. There are some moments I think it, it feels like yesterday. And then there's some moments it feels like we've been doing this, you know, 100 years. So <laughs> it's been uh, quite the journey. And I have two children, two adult children. I have son, Jordan, uh, and uh, my daughter, Paris. She's my favorite because she has given me a granddaughter. So, <laughs> And my son knows that. So, sorry. A <laughs> mm, little granddaughter. She's the best. Her name is Justice. Isn't that a great name? That's amazing. And you guys are in L.A. We pastor church right in Los Angeles. Now, when we started... Oasis and, you know, we're committed to being in the city. No one was here. Every In the 80s, it was everybody was fleeing to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And we were really, uh, you know, there was just no churches, non-denominational churches like us in the heart of the city. And now it's kind of cool and everybody wants to come in the city. But mm -hmm. when we were doing it, nobody was, nobody was here. But You did it before it was cool. Yeah, well, yes. definitely because we weren't cool either. So it was probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a faithful ride. It's been quite a journey. Okay. And I'll tell you, one other thing that most people may not know about me is that I have a black belt in karate. 
Whoa. Wow. Watch out, everybody. Uh, watch out, everybody. I was never in as good a shape as when I did that. That's <laughs> pretty amazing. Well, you're cooler than I thought. Oh, yeah. I love it. All right, Holly. Well, we like to get down to the real stuff here at the messy table, not because we love the mess. We don't, but because we know God does do sacred, important work in our mess. And we believe just like Revelation 12, 11 explains that our enemy is conquered by the blood and the grace of Jesus and by the words of our testimonies, sharing what he's done, sharing our stories of his faithfulness. So as you think back over your life and what God has done, tell us how he's met you in the trenches and how he's been faithful. Well, there, I feel like um, life as well as ministry is, you know, has its trenches, right? I mean, I wish it was all mountaintops. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like mm-hmm. mountaintop, mountaintop, mountaintop heaven, <laughs> right? But it isn't. It's, you know, it's mountaintop, valley, stumble, trench, die. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, then mountaintop, stumble. Anyway, but you know what I've discovered is that fruit doesn't grow on the mountaintops, right? Fruit grows mm-hmm. in the valleys. So mm-hmm. who we are is revealed in the valleys and... Yeah, I've had quite a few of those. So we'll, we'll just talk about a few. You can feel free to stop me anytime. <laughs> no, go for it. Um, there was um, a season four years ago that was particularly brutal. And uh, actually it started with my father dying. And, and before I get to that, I've been leading this, uh, the Women's Ministry of Oasis, which has gone beyond our church and, you know, impacted churches all over. It was called God Chicks, and now it's called She Rises. And so I had this mm. desire to host a conference, and we do an annual conference. And I had a desire a few years ago to actually put it in the Dolby Theater. This is where the Academy Awards are held. Mm-hmm. It's right in the center of Hollywood. And I just thought in the, in the city, that produces more pornography and can be incredibly degrading to women Mm. and where women are valued or devalued based on their appearance. I thought, what a great thing to put a conference right in the heart of Hollywood, right? Yes. In the ground. And in that particular venue, they've never had anything Christian. Worship had never been sung in there. The word of God had never, never been taught there. And so I just thought, you know what? Let's do it. Now, doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah. Right. So you have this big vision, this big stretch. And so as soon as I said yes to that, then began this really this hellishly horrible season mm. that began with my father passing away suddenly. And he um, hmm. he fell and had a brain bleed and that was kind of the beginning of the end there. And now I was very well loved by my dad. And, and I'm aware that there are women all over who that's not their experience. But for me, uh, my dad loved me very well. I was told every day that I was Mm. loved and I was supported every day. And he's, was a real gift to me. Mm. And so I was, you know, grieving the loss of my father and then Philip's uh, identity and my identity gets stolen. And somebody hacks into our, through his Gmail into the bank account and, and basically takes our savings account. And because of how it was done, I mean, the FBI got involved in all of that, but we never got that money back. So grieving the loss of my dad and then processing this financial loss. And then uh, my husband gets diagnosed with cancer then had to have treatment for cancer and the treatment that he had was uh, pretty brutal and uh, destroyed his immune system. And Mm -hmm. what they don't tell you is some of the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. And so as he's, you know, recovering, then he gets shingles because his Mm -hmm. immune system can't fight any viruses. Mm -hmm. And, and he gets the worst case ever that he can't walk for four months. And 
I mean, men are amazing, right? Till they're sick. And then they're just helpless. <laughs> so, I mean, granted, it was more than a cold. And so I'm trying to, you know, help lead at church and navigate. She rises pre- preparing for that and, and then help my husband. So I'm really, there's so many things I'm trying to handle at the same time and, and still grieving, you know, mm-hmm. some of the loss. And so all, all of this. And then there were some people who um, should have had my back. You know, people who I had extended grace to in seasons when their life was messy. Mm-hmm. And now my life is very messy and complicated. I'm probably, and I'm, well, not probably, I wasn't doing everything right and handling everything right. And I could have made a million different decisions. Um, but I needed grace from people and some people, and I, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And so the people I expected it from ended up kind of stabbing me in the back and not oh, actually being those graceful people. And then I experienced a couple of real betrayals from people who, did exactly what they said they wouldn't do. And so it was really, it was incredibly painful and horrible. And so by the time I actually got to that stage in the Dolby Theater and opened that conference, I felt like I'd gotten there by swimming through mud, you know, by just by battling the forces of hell just to get to that place to take some territory. And it and the conference was, you know, magnificent and God showed up and did great things and it was powerful. But what's interesting is I think people saw, you know, well, those, you know, who might've seen the Instagram photos of me standing in that stage with the thousands of people behind me, but they didn't know the backstory, right? Right. The, me- the messy stuff. And I think that's how it is a lot of times, right? People just see the good photos and don't understand the junk we navigated <laughs> to get there. I think that's how it is, honestly, most of the time. Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yes. And, um, you know, and then, and then there's the other situation, which I didn't mention in the middle of that is um, my daughter had, you know, it's probably a lot like her mama and um, can be a little bit stubborn mm-hmm. and the, the not good kind. And <laughs> she she married a man that we knew was not a good situation. And within six months it had turned abusive and, Mm. and unhealthy and, and heartbreaking. And so, you know, and she tells, she talks about it now, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. It's her story to tell. And, and she talks about, you know, she had these parents, you know, Philip and I who teach about marriage and do relationship seminars and here she made the wrong decision and everything's falling apart. So she had her own stuff that she's processing, but as a mother, it's, this is my daughter. Mm. Right. And so you want to rescue. And so just messy all around. Mm. And I remember in the middle of the, with my daughter, you know, when I have all these other battles going on around me, but I remember this one with my daughter just falling to the floor and in my office. And I felt the spirit of God ask me, will you trust me with her? Hmm. I was like, wait, 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 what does that mean? Wait, what? <laughs> it sounded like, <laughs> like, and so then I just like, oh, yes, of course. Cause I'm, you could do this better than me, mm-hmm. but man, there was a, there was a weight to that. And so I think I learned to trust at a different level and, you know, not only with my daughter, but with the dreams in my heart and with Mm. my marriage and with my husband and with my future. And Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I would have always said I trusted God, but I think it's not real until it's tested or for me, it wasn't. Exactly. When I think about the question that the Holy Spirit asked you, will you trust me? 
I'm like, yes, that is my story. That's the same question that I think the Lord always wants to say to our hearts, first and foremost, are you going to trust me? But as I'm listening to this, and I'm sorry if I've interrupted to go back and finish off anything you were going to say, but I'm wondering with all of these things that were culminating with your husband's cancer and, and his health and your daughter and grieving your father, when she rises first launched, what was some of the fruit in the conference? Well, one, you know, when we finally did get to the conference in that stage, I, I realized that um, it was by his grace because I I have never been at a weaker place. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and so when Paul, you know, wrote to the Corinthians and he said, where you are weak, that's where I'm strong, right? My grace is enough for you right here in Mm -hmm. your weakness. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I always, like I would underline that scripture in my Bible, right? But when you're actually there, Oof, that's a very different deal. Yeah, it is. Right. For sure. You know? Right. And I, you know, the thing I think that was probably the scariest, if if that's the right word, but moment for me was I realized that dealing with the cancer and my daughter's situation and the financial loss, the betrayals and the hurts from people were Equally, if not if not more painful for me, because I am the, I'm the extrovert. I'm the party in the bottle person. Mm-hmm. I'm the I make friends with everybody. I talk to anything. It doesn't have to talk back. Mm-hmm. I talk to it. It's just like <laughs> that's how I am. But after that season, I found myself becoming cynical, and it wasn't um, a root of bitterness. I felt like it was I had a whole tree growing inside. <laughs> right. Yeah. How do you push through that? You know, I'm not. Again, I'm the outgoing person. I don't like to stick around at home all the time. And I found myself, I would rather sit on the couch and watch a season of something on Netflix than actually go talk to anybody. And that's not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so there was a moment there when I was sitting on my couch and you know, mad at the world. And I felt like uh, God showed me a picture of who that woman would become. Mm-hmm. And I saw this really ugly, bitter old face and isolated and I didn't want to be her. Mm. And so I knew I had to start making some changes. And so I obviously began to forgive people. And to be honest, I never felt like it because I'm like, no, they were jerks. So I'm not going to forgive them. Mm -hmm. Um, I never felt like forgiving anybody. I wanted to punch them Mm -hmm. with all my karate skills. (laughs) (laughs) Which you actually have. Exactly. But, um, and so it was a daily decision for me to see their face and forgive them. See, forgive, see, forgive. You know, just begin to trust to, I trust you, God, in the middle of this begin to be find things to be grateful for. That was something I had to do. That was a discipline I had to do. Philip actually forced that discipline on me mm. and began to find things to be grateful for, uh, forgive people, learn to be grateful, find joy in something today. Mm-hmm. And so slowly but surely, that tree of bitterness started to die. And, um, you know, I, I found myself again. Yeah. The one, the one who could laugh at anything, the one who's not afraid. So it just, it, but it took some work. And it was messy, you know, but I wasn't going to be that bitter old woman who thought life was terrible because of all these things that had happened to her, because we all have that. We all have junk that happens to us. So I can't change all that, but I can certainly change who I become in the middle of it. And mm-hmm. that was the decision that I made. And it wasn't easy. And it wasn't like this fairy dust 
smiley cloud descended. It was all a decision. Mm-hmm. Decision and, and time. And, and how long would you say that timeline was? Well, you know, I think it um, it might have been six months to nine months. Yeah. I'm this confetti loving person. And so <laughs> I just think I think everybody should. In fact, I started this you know podcast called Confetti Conversations because I think everybody should have confetti on a regular basis. <laughs> it's like, makes, it makes me happy. Um, oh, it stresses me out. It gets everywhere. Yeah. Who's cleaning a confetti? <laughs> When I say that, I go, I'm sorry for all the people who have to clean it up. But anyway, I love it. And so I would go out in my backyard and I would throw it in the air all by myself, sing a song, which first of all, I sing loud and off key. So God's the only one that loves it. And sing and thank you, God, today for this. And I'm throwing confetti just to remind myself that, you know, there's joy in here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I love Doing it. the work. So one thing I hear you talking about is that trust obviously was essential, but then there were practical action steps that you took, disciplines that you put in your life. Mm -hmm. It's faith and works working Mm -hmm. together, right? So we have to take steps of faith as we trust. No, 100%. -hmm. You're exactly right. You know, it's like, these are the moments when you have to practice what you preach, darn it, Mm -hmm. right? It's (laughs) It's way easier to preach it. You know, there's this pretty annoying chapter in the Bible. Well, there's like a few of them, but there's one, Proverbs 31, and, you know, (laughs) describes the woman. And I'm like, okay, who could be her? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's this perfect picture. But the verse that really irritates me is uh, verse 15, which says, she rises while it is yet night. (laughs) Right, and I'm thinking, no, she, no, she doesn't. No, she <laughs> sleeps really good in the dark, you know. But when I began to actually read that and think about it, I realized that it doesn't necessarily just have to do with the time of day that you get up. Mm. But when darkness is around, when chaos is around, when confusion is around, when heartbreak is around, she rises. Mm, that's great. And so that's the message I teach. That's the words I would use. And so now here I am mm-hmm. in this moment where I am just feel inundated with dark and scary. And so I had to make a decision. Yeah. Right. If I, I can't just teach this, I actually have to be the she that rises. Mm-hmm. I have to do it. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, you're preaching now. And this whole decision thing. Yes. I mean, yesterday, can we just be messy and real? If anybody knows what PMS is, I think I get it like two or three times a year. And I think that that was happening. And I'm looking up going, where did this dark cloud come from? And every thought is just negative. And I had to make this decision. Like, it doesn't matter that I feel and I'm thinking these thoughts and I'm feeling this way. I'm going to choose to choose what my thoughts are, choose positive, and then to just choose to praise and, you know, throw the confetti. I, I started praying for other people, getting my focus off myself and my feelings and not being so introspective. And, you know, I guess I was kind of throwing confetti and throwing the word and throwing the love at people. And it, I still felt the same. I still felt like I had a cloud, but praise God that, you know, we can make that decision. I know there's people listening and there's some of us that are super emotional and then we're hearing this and it's like, hear it, hear it, hear it, make a decision and throw that confetti. I have to know on the confetti, what's the best type? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite material for confetti? Okay. So, First of all, don't ever get the metallic kind ever. Okay. Because it, <laughs> it looks sticks. good, perhaps. Exactly. It looks good sprinkled on a table. But <laughs> yeah. But it just is too hard to move okay. anywhere. Okay. So I, yeah, the little paper kind is the best. Okay. And if you're at a conference, all the people who care about mess at conferences, they like the long string kind because those are easier to pick uh, up. Ah, yes. 
but they're not nearly as fun as mm. doing, you know, confetti angels on the floor in a big pile. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay, so choose confetti, choose to trust, choose to rise because we have the same resurrection power of Christ. Yep, that is it. Now tell me if I'm wrong. Did you have cancer as well? I did. I did. So uh, was this before or after? It was before. I, I am now um, 14 years cancer free. Praise God. So it's been yeah, quite a quite a long time for me. Uh, but I, again, that that was probably the first time I had to, I realized that, oh, life doesn't always go how you want it to go. I mean, honestly, that would have probably been one of the first times that I had to battle anything of seriousness and uh, real challenge. So, but I'm 14 years on this side. And yeah, it's interesting with, it was breast cancer and with breast cancer, which can metastasize, you know, just about anywhere. What will happen sometimes is people will come up to me and say things like, it's so great, you know, that you've been cancer free all these years. My mom was cancer free for 12 years and then she, it came back and she died uh, as if that's encouraging to me. It's like, pop, smack you. But <laughs> so on one hand, I still have to battle that the fear that would try to you know overtake mm-hmm. because, you know, people say ridiculous things yeah. and not perhaps not thinking it, but. But yeah, but I am way on the other side of that. And I, you know, I'm sure there are women who are listening uh, to this right now because it affects so many women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there are women listening uh, who either themselves or someone they love is in the middle of it. And uh, I just want to say you can get through to the other side. It is it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a big story in itself. Um, and the fact that you and your husband have faced it. That's crazy. Like what, what went through your mind when this happened with Philip? Like, here we go again. Or did you have more courage because you had faced it and conquered it or what happened? That's a good question. Actually. Do you know what? I think I did. Awesome. I think now here's the interesting thing where, and this is just my own weakness. And, you know, Amy, you're a real Christian, so you would never behave like this. But, <laughs> well, but I, don't know. I, I mean, I don't know Jen well enough. You might not, but anyway, <laughs> um, but when, when Philip, you know, got it. My immediate response was, Hey, Philip, we've been through this before. We'll get through this, mm-hmm. which probably shouldn't have been my first thing. <laughs> yeah. The first thing should have been, I am so sorry. Yeah. Right. The compassion for where he was. So I had to quickly make up and start demonstrating some compassion because my first response was, ah, we got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which was not always helpful <laughs> at first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're feeling all the things. So you wrote a book that I have been enjoying so much called Find Your Brave. It's not your first book. You've written, what, four, five, six? Uh, actually, ten. ten. Oh, my gosh. Okay. we. This is amazing. So your latest book is Find Your Brave. One of the things I love is that your focus throughout the book is one chapter in Acts, Acts 27, in the storm that Paul faced. And you go through the storms in your life and bring some so much encouragement. Share with us just your your message of this book and the personal side of it for you. In this book is where I, I do feel like I sort of spilled my guts and I talk about some of the storms, obviously I've mentioned here with you today, but there are others. Mm-hmm. And what I found just in the 35 years of leading at church and in communicating around the world and meeting people is that so many people... Uh, of which I was one of them in the beginning here, are unprepared for storms, unprepared for challenges. And so when they come, then in the midst of them, we don't always make the best decisions. And mm-hmm. so I, I use the, the biblical story in Acts 27 of Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's, on, he's headed to Rome. That's purpose for him. He's headed to Rome. And so as he's going there, he 
you know, is on this ship with some prisoners and other, you know, Roman guards, and they're on this ship and they encounter shipwreck. And Paul makes some very specific decisions in the middle of that storm that actually saves everyone's life. Mm -hmm. And so I use those decisions that he made that if we would perhaps make some of the same ones in the middle of our storms, then maybe we would also get to our shore, Mm. which is kind of what happened. So that, that is the, you know, kind of the through line of that. And I just think if we could get a generation of young people to actually understand how to navigate challenges and hard times, then we would have a generation with a backbone that can stand up to the enemy on every front. Okay, not to spoil the book, but give us one of your points, kind of something that you learned as you wrote the book. Let's see. One of them, actually, is one of the first things that they did when that ship was being battered by a storm is that they, somebody, some poor soul had to get off the, (laughs) jump off the ship with a rope, swim under it, and tie off a rope on the other side. And they did that. They put ropes under the bottom of the hull to keep it from being battered in Mm -hmm. the initial point of the storm. And that's a nautical term called frapping. And so different than a frappuccino. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. There's not nearly as much whipped cream. (laughs) It's like, I'd rather, I'd rather have the other kind. (laughs) Just don't choose me to go do that job, please. Seriously. So I started thinking, so what is that? They braced up the whole of their ship. So what does that mean for me? What do I need to be bracing up in my life so that Hmm. I can be supported? So it was things like, fixing my mind on the truth about who God is. Mm -hmm. And because so many times we get overwhelmed with the facts, right? Which is different than the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. So So really writing down what the truth is. And so I would, you know, I, I, this is something I practice. I put the truth of what God said about healing all over my house. Cause the fact was I had infiltrating ductal carcinoma, breast cancer. But the truth is God's word is higher than that. The name of Jesus is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So in whatever the situation is, I would, I would constantly focus my eyes on the truth. And so then I started thinking, so then what else is it? How else do I brace up my life? And the other rope for me that you put around your life is people. The people in your life. I think God designed us for community. Christianity is a faith that was always meant to be lived out in community. There's no such thing as just you and your relationship with God. It was designed for community. And so I think so many times when we get afraid or hurt, like I did wanting this recent time, wanting to retreat to my couch, wanting to be by myself, you'll never get through a storm by yourself because we're not designed to. We're designed for community. And so I just think in the middle of a storm, making sure you've got the right people around you and and standing with you. And yes, yeah, some people are going to be unkind. So let them go. There'll be other people that will come alongside, but we can't harden our hearts to, you know, the people that God has uh, brought to us. So it's a couple of things. I love that bracing for it. So what would you say to someone, say they brace for a storm, but maybe someone does die, or maybe there is a horrible betrayal and that relationship is shattered or a dream, you know, they have to cut it loose and let go. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I would, I'm really sorry. And, uh, and I understand that, you know, for me in that, you know, that storm a few years ago when we were, just dealing with, I felt like so many waves at one time, so many storms at one time, there are relationships that to this day I'm having to slowly work back to build again. And they may never be what they were. Mm -hmm. And I have to be okay with that. And just being honest about the bitterness in my own soul, right? Because in heaven, we're all going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything that's annoying about me will not be in heaven. Everything that's (laughs) annoying about you won't be in heaven, right? We'll be perfect. And so 
it's back to that trusting God with this moment. And here's the, here's the really hard thing. I think sometimes as, you know, and, and I don't know, perhaps I've been equally as guilty of this as a communicator of God's word, but oftentimes we can communicate that, you know, follow Jesus and everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we, we're supposed to identify with him in his sufferings. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't really talk about that verse very often. Right. Right. And so, um, earth time is short. Eternity is long. Mm -hmm. And we're going to navigate some hard things. We're going to lose some battles Mm -hmm. on the journey. We just are. And I remember thinking when I was dealing with cancer myself, one of the lessons I learned 14 years ago was to not be afraid of death. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. Again, I would have said I was not. But all of a sudden, when I'm faced with it. Still pretty scary. Yes. And so I had to learn to go, well, you know what, God, if... You can heal me miraculously. I can get healed through the doctors or a combination of those two, or I can get healed in heaven. Okay. I'm going to trust you mm. with the story. Right. Wow. Uh, and again, I'm not even saying that to be trivial mm-hmm. or simple. Right. It's not easy. No, no. At the end of the day, it's our response to the messy stuff. Right. Right. I, I can't control the stuff that happens. I can't control uh, like the ridiculous stuff that's happening in our country right now. The the division politically and racial. I mean, God, good mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. It's nuts. So I can't I can't control what everybody else thinks. I can only control my behavior and response in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same with the personal storms. Right. I can only control what I can do. Mm-hmm. My attitude, my trust in God, my faith in God. And there was a time. You know, just again, just you know, navigating some stuff, just leading a church. And I remember walking just in my neighborhood, getting out and I was crying. You know, I don't cry pretty. Maybe some people do, but snots going everywhere. And I'm just crying, walking down the street. And I kept thinking, who can I call right now? And I felt the spirit of God say to me, why don't you just talk to me? Mm-hmm. Just talk to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's it. That's good. It's just being honest and crying to God. Yeah. We don't always need a cliche quote to slap on top of it. Sometimes we just need him to be with us. And that's really, that's his promise. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's it. That's what he said. He said, and so in the middle of that, he said, am I not enough? Mm, Yeah. Am I not enough? Because I was asking for all these things, situations to be fixed. And and there's nothing wrong with asking. But at some point he said, am I enough for you? Yeah. Is my love enough for you? Uh, <laughs> you know, questions like that are so in your face, God. <laughs> yeah. I want to quote a little bit toward the ending of the book in your last chapter called The Shore, because Paul and his companions did reach the shore safely. Maybe, you know, their ending was happier, happier than maybe some of our endings of some of our storms. Like we're talking about, it doesn't always work out the way that we thought it would, but you know, really in Christ, we don't ever lose anything. And I love what you share here in the last chapter. And it's sort of what you're saying here in a a, a sweet paraphrase that you said, in the storms that I've navigated, I've learned patience because I have discovered that the journey is the destination. 
How I do life is important. And the truth is, if I do life his way, then the destination will be incredible, far beyond what I could imagine or think. And I think that's what you're saying throughout all of this messy story is that, you know, you're walking through this with God. And I hear you just saying, like, I'm choosing Christ. I'm choosing his truth. I'm choosing that, you know, he has me in all of those things. I think that's, you know, you're saying that this whole journey with Christ, this is where it's at more than where we end up, what shore we end up on. So mm. I think that's super powerful. No, that's, it is. that's true. And it's just interesting when I was, you know, studying that, you know, Acts 27 is the shipwreck and they end up on the island of Malta, right? They get, mm-hmm. everybody survives. They sort of swim to shore. And Acts 28 is where it talks about Paul, he's on the shore, finally gets to shore and he gets bit by a snake. Right. Not it's ever. like, come on, God. <laughs> right. It's like, hello, hello. But then what happens is, all those people on that island who would never have never would have encountered God, they got to encounter the living God. Yeah. Partly because he got bit by the snake and then they thought it was amazing that he didn't die, right? So right. it gave him influence. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they were even on that island, that was not in their plan. Mm-hmm. Their plan was Rome, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes I just think maybe God sees people on the shore that we're going to reach. It's never all about us. It's never just about me getting healed. It's always about like my breast cancer. Obviously God doesn't have cancer to give. So he's not giving out cancer, but we do live in a very fallen world. We have an enemy and his desire is to kill, steal and destroy. And so when there are attacks, when they come, then we get to choose what we do with them and our attitude in them because then God will make all things work together for good. That's his promise to us. Mm. Right. So he'll take all of the, the dark, messy threads that the enemy brings, and he will make something good come from them, mm. which is just what he did. In that story, he made something good come from that shipwreck. And that's the God we serve. And, you know, we don't like the dark threads. Who does? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the dark threads of the tapestry of our life. But I do know that God makes, so it says, Romans eight twenty eight. God makes all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, we can't just throw that out as some, like, Know, ridiculous cliche to people who are really hurting. Mm-hmm. But that's just the confidence we have to have, right? Mm-hmm. That he's working his way through this if we let him. Uh, such good reminders. So as you kind of went through this journey or even right now, do you have any great resources that you just love personally and would love to recommend to us? Well, interesting right now, I am um, about to graduate in April. Oh gosh! With my master's in theological leadership. Uh, so I've been reading. I know. Oh my gosh! My <laughs> brain is so so filled with a bunch of theology textbooks and leadership textbooks. Ah, it's about to explode. Mm. Um, but just uh, this is not has was not one of my school books, but it's been one I a book I've recommended to just a few in particular younger people who are in ministry. And I think our culture right now is so infatuated with platform and Mm -hmm. with fame. And so there's a book called Anonymous Mm -hmm. and it's by a friend of mine, Alicia Choley. And it basically it's, you know, we all want to be like Jesus in the last three years when he's getting all this acclaim, but (laughs) nobody wants to talk about the first 30 when he was anonymous. So for me, I just think that's really resonating with some of these young people. I'm uh, continually trying to lead and challenge and help so that they don't get discouraged because they don't reach their dream in 12 minutes. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then, you know, this really interesting unknown guy named Craig Rochelle has a leadership podcast, which I find incredibly <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> 
he's just he's just so helpful and direct mm-hmm. and uh it's awesome uh and then i as someone who is forever looking for people who are further up the road than me so joyce meyer has become a friend but her resources to me have uh, been very helpful mm-hmm. um she's she's just very real and so every you know the first book i think i ever read of hers was you know me and my big mouth or something <laughs> because I feel like that's the story of me. Um, but her, she's just honest about her life and gives practical tools. So she's forever been an encouragement to me. Mm. And then, of course, there's always Marie Kondo if you want to clean out your right. garage. <laughs> if you want to spark joy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I'm going to organize your life. <laughs> I don't even know that we've actually read the whole thing. But my husband the other day, I was talking about something like, should I keep it? Should I give it away? And he's like thank it for the joy that it gave you and then give it away, which he was totally <laughs> quoting her. But I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. what in the world? No, I, listen, I'm I'm all about that. No, it's helpful. It's super helpful. It is. Helpful. Okay, so I have another question for you. Um, I kind of like nerdy theology books. So was there anything in your study that you were just like, man, this surprised me as far as something that you really enjoyed? That's a good one. Yes. Okay, this, um, again, I a lot of it was you know, these massive theological textbooks where I needed a dictionary to (laughs) get through them. Um, But one that was an assigned book for me, but it did not read like a textbook, was one called The Blue Parakeet. Mm. And it's by um, Scott McKnight. Okay. And I think anybody who teaches the Word of God should read this book. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I'm intrigued. And it won't take you long. I mean, it's not, again, it's not one of the yeah. big old hunk and fat ones. So <laughs> you will love the book. Ooh, okay. I'm highlighting Anonymous and Blue Parakeet because those sound incredible. And then when you said Anonymous, I thought, okay, wait, is she going to, is it going to. Is she going to say her name? Anonymous yeah. author. <laughs> anonymous by Anonymous. Because <laughs> I have. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Holly, you've been so encouraging. Could you just give our listeners one final word of encouragement before we end our time? I would just want to encourage people with the thought and the picture of that no matter what your painful situation you might be in the middle of, no matter what messiness might be on your table, no matter what challenge you might be navigating, it's not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. It is not the end of the story. The God who began the work in you He will finish it. Mm. Yes, that's so great. Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me and letting me talk all about my mess. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, we love you. It was so helpful, so encouraging. Thank you very much. Oh, I love you both. And thank you again for inviting me to the table. Well, thank you again for joining us. You can find all the links and resources in the conversation notes at jenjewel.com slash the messy table podcast. And women ask me all the time, what can I do to help? If you're also wondering that, first of all, thank you. And the answer is super simple. If you listen consistently, if you're grateful for these episodes in any way, feel free to share, share with a friend, share on social media. You can even leave a review for us in iTunes, which doesn't take long, but actually makes a huge difference in helping women from all over find these encouraging conversations. You can also follow the Messy Table podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you would add to the conversation. Seriously, we absolutely love getting to hear from you. Well, I think that's it for today, y'all. As you go about your week and gather around your own tables, remember, 
Yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.